What's up, everybody? This is Not Your Average Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler, a.k.a. TG. We got a pretty packed schedule for you today. So let's get right to it with the news, shall we? So, Ford has said their 2020 Mustang Shelby GT500 is their most power, most powerful car ever. It's going to have a 670 horsepower V8 engine, and it'll go from 0 to 60 in 3.5 seconds. <clears throat> so that's pretty impressive. Um, this just, I guess, this just proves my dad's point of um, that Mustangs are better than Camaros, but I don't think it necessarily proves anything. But just because it's the most powerful doesn't mean it's the best car ever, right? I mean, come on now. Um, but whatever. It's gonna be a power. It's gonna be a pretty powerful car, anyway. So we'll see what happens with it. I hope it doesn't blow up or anything. Maybe it'll actually stay on the road. Um, Pakistan is opening more than a thousand new courts to fight violence against women so that they can speak out without fear. This is an absolutely fantastic idea. I absolutely am 100% for this. Um, but I couldn't believe that Pakistan was the one doing this. I thought that part of the world <laughs> didn't believe really in women's rights and all that. So I, this is absolutely the step in the right direction. Uh, but, you know, um, it, you know, it's, it, I'm glad that this is happening. We're starting the conversation about topics like this. We're getting more justice for women that have been abused, harassed, um, sexually assaulted, all of this, all of these type of things. We're finally getting something for this, and I'm all for it, 100%. Um, I talked the other day about suicide rates going up among American youth. Well, apparently, sorry, I didn't mean to snort there. Um, but apparently the U.S. suicide rate is up 33% since 1999. And it's its highest le- at its highest level since World War II. Pretty much across the board. So, I mean... We got to talk these things out, guys. This is the suicide rate is just too high, guys. Again, it's tough for me to talk about this with personal experience to it. So, um, oh, man. Um, like I said, people, if you feeling down, go talk to someone, please. There's no need to commit suicide if, I mean, there's just too much life to live for, you know? And it's, 
really just unnecessary. Because you got to think about who you're leaving behind. How, how are they going to feel if you commit suicide and then you're just gone? You know? Um, I, I, this is not fun for me to talk about in any way. It's a rough topic for me. Um, oh man, it's, uh, I, I don't like talking about this at all. But seriously though, go get, go get help. If you're feeling this way. Oh, and we'll, we'll leave it there. I don't want to go any further before I start losing it talking about this. Um, Avengers Endgame is getting a re-release in its bid to dethrone Avatar for the top grossing movie of all time worldwide. Um, some things that are going to be included, there's going to be some deleted, uh, a deleted scene, maybe more than one. I don't know for a fact. There's going to be a tribute. <sighs> and there will be a credit scene. So, they said there's only going to be like six minutes of additional footage to the film. Um, but... Uh, it's, I mean, if they're trying to beat Avatar, they're only 43 mil, I think, away. So, I mean, let's just look at it real quick so that I have the actual number. Um, uh, where are you? They're 43 and a half million off of Avatar. So they're really trying to make this final push. I mean... It's going to be tough, I'm telling you. Oh, man. I, ho I hope they get it just so they can say that they beat Avatar. But then again, Avatar 2 comes out in next Christmas season. So, that'll probably ruin this. You know, they're <laughs> Avengers and Avatar are probably going to fight each other. For a long time, but I'm glad that at least that they're trying to do this. I mean, I know I get I, it does seem a little bit petty, but you know, I don't care. <laughs> Endgame's such the perfect movie for the MCU to end what we've been leading up to through for through 22 movies. So, but who knows? Um, last bit of news: Bitcoin leaves a carbon footprint as large as Las Vegas or a small country like Sri Lanka. Apparently, it generates 22 megatons in carbon dioxide emissions, which is, in a lot, uh, is generating a vast amounts of electricity. So, apparently, I mean, <laughs> Bitcoin, cryptocurrency, baby, I guess it's uh, something. But man, 22 megatons in carbon dioxide emissions? Jesus. That's, I mean, as large as in Las Vegas, man. We gotta... 
We gotta be better about stuff like this, man. Jeez. That just ain't right. Alright. But anyway, on to our sports for the day. Women's World Cup finished the group stage yesterday. Um... Um, Canada was actually the better team against the Netherlands, but the Netherlands came away with the win. The Netherlands won the group. Um, who do the Netherlands get in the round of 16? Uh, they get Japan. All right, so the Netherlands and Japan is literally the last quarterfinal of the round of 16 on... Tuesday at 3 o'clock on FS1. Um, but Canada had 11 shots, 11 attempts to Netherlands 7, 52% ball possession for Canada, 73% pass accuracy to Can- uh, Netherlands 74%, and both teams had two yellow cards. Um, the Christine Sinclair, the star player of Canada, got a goal got scored the only goal for Canada in that game and um, she's now two goals off of the all-time school goal scoring record in an, of all-time international goal scoring record set by Abby Wambach of the US so we'll see if she can get to it in the World Cup or it'll come after the World Cup everyone expects it to come off her her to break that record but we'll see um, that was just a little side note Um Cameroon and New Zealand. Cameroon dominated New Zealand. 21 attempts to New Zealand's nine. Five offsides to New Zealand's three. Three corners to New Zealand's four. They didn't have the ball, though. They had only 46% possession. And they their pass accuracy wasn't great either. 62% compared to New Zealand's 71%. Both teams had a yellow card. but Cameroon scored a game-winner in stoppage time, literally in the last minute of stoppage time. The ref blew the whistle to end the game as they when they ended their celebration of that goal. That put them through to the round of 16 against England on Sunday. Um, so that's interesting. Um, but, you know, is what it is. It is what it is. Oh, in uh, Canada. Uh, we'll talk about Canada in a minute. Um, Chile and Thailand. Chile dominated the game. 29 attempts to 6. 4 corners to Thailand's 3. 58% possession for Chile. 81% pass accuracy to Thailand's 60%. And Thailand had the only two yellow cards of the game. Chile won this game 2 to nothing. But if they had won three to nothing, they would have advanced to the knockout stage to take on Germany. No, 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 no. No, they would have advanced to take on France, wouldn't they? No. Uh, whatever. Doesn't matter. Chile didn't advance out of the group stage. So then the U.S. We basically dominated Sweden, 15 attempts to 6 for Sweden, 5 corners to Sweden's 2, 58% possession for the U.S., 83% pass accuracy to Sweden's 71%. Both teams had a yellow card. 
Um, U.S. ended up winning this game two to nothing thanks to uh, Lindsey Horan's third-minute goal and Tobin Heath's magical effort in the box created an own goal apparently. But you know, whatever. We're not going to argue with who scored it. I'm glad it happened. Um, but here. We're gonna here we're gonna give like a very brief preview here. Round of sixteen knockout stage games. Um, tomorrow at eleven thirty in the morning on FS1, you have Germany Nigeria. I fully anticipate Germany to win this game in Grenoble, um, but we'll see. Um, also tomorrow at three o'clock on Fox in Nice, we have Norway against Australia. That should be a fantastic game. Um, I don't know how how that's going to go yet. We'll talk about it more tomorrow. But Sunday, 11.30, FS1, you got in, in whatever the heck that state, city is. England versus Cameroon. Fully expect England to win this game. Um, Sunday at 3 o'clock on Fox, you have France in Brazil in La Havre. And that's going to be, that might be the game of the round of 16 if Brazil is playing like Brazil can. If Marta and Cristiane are on their game, France-Brazil could be a fantastic matchup. Monday at noon on FS1 in ROMs, it's Spain versus the USA. Fully, I mean, that's going to be, that should be a good game too. And it, I mean, two teams that like to attack. So should be open game. Um, so also Monday at three o'clock on FS1, we got in Paris. We have Sweden versus Canada. That should be a fantastic matchup as well. Um, I don't know. I'm not going to preview those now. And then on the last day of the round of sixteen on Tuesday at noon on FS1, Italy versus China. Italy. In Montpellier, Italy should win this game based on the group stage, but China, I think, is going to give them more of a fight. Um, and then lastly, at 3 o'clock on FS1 on Tuesday, Netherlands versus Japan. The Netherlands, I think, should win this game because Japan has not impressed me at all during this tournament. So, you know, that's just how it's going to be. <laughs> um, sorry. not Sorry. Anyway. Gold Cup. Haiti took down Nicaragua two to nothing despite being outplayed in really every sense of the game. I mean, Haiti was outshot five to eleven. Thirty-eight percent had the ball thirty-eight percent of the time. Three corners to Nicaragua six. Eighty-seven percent pass accuracy to Nicaragua's ninety percent. Four yellow cards to Haiti's. I mean, to Nicaragua's two yellow cards in that game. So there was a lot of. I guess there was a lot of dirty tackling. I don't know. Personally, I didn't watch the game, um, but I kept up with it. Um, so, but they, I mean, Haiti's in a good spot. Haiti's through to, uh, we'll, hold on, we'll get to that in a minute. Um, Costa Rica took down Bermuda 2-1, to one, 16 shots to Bermuda's 11, 65% ball possession, 7 corners to Bermuda's 5, 90% pass accuracy to Bermuda's 80%. Both teams had two yellow cards in this game. 
And with that win, both Costa Rica and Haiti are through to the knockout stage with one game to go. And they'll play each other on Monday at 9 o'clock. Yeah, 9 o'clock in Red Bull Arena in Harrison, New Jersey. Um, So they're both through. Um, Today we switched to Group C. At 7 o'clock, we have El Salvador versus Jamaica. And then at 9.30, we have Honduras versus Curaçao. So the two with three points versus and the two with no points. So that should be fun. Um, so we'll see how, I mean, they're playing in Houston too, so we'll see how that goes. Oh no, that's a bit late. Anyway, um, I see Jamaica, I see Jamaica and Honduras winning these games, but we'll see. Um, College World Series, we only had one game yesterday, um, Mississippi or Louisville came back and walked off against Mississippi State in the bottom of the ninth, four to three. So today in the semifinals, we're down to the final four. At two o'clock on ESPN, you got Texas Tech, Michigan, and then at seven on ESPN, you got Vanderbilt and Louisville. Texas Tech has to beat Michigan twice. Same with Louisville against Vanderbilt. And if either Texas Tech or Louisville wins. We'll have another game tomorrow, or we'll have at some games tomorrow, maybe. We'll have zero games tomorrow, one game tomorrow, or two games tomorrow. Well, we don't know that what yet is going to happen yet, but we'll see. Um, oh, God. Um, what to the NBA draft last night? Um, Zion goes to the Pelicans as expected. Ja Morant goes to the Grizzlies. RJ Barrett went to the Knicks. So nothing there was unexpected. Um, the Hawks traded the pet with the Pelicans for the fourth pick and went and got DeAndre Hunter out of UVA. Um, Jared Culver of Texas Tech went to the Timberwolves. Kobe White is a, of, at a UNC is a Chicago Bull. Rui Hachimura of Gonzaga is now a Washington Wizard. Cam Reddish of Duke is now a Hawk. Cam Johnson out of UNC is now a Phoenix Sun. Um, Romeo Langford out of Indiana is now a Boston Celtic, which I don't understand that pick, but whatever. Um, Nikhil Alexander-Walker of Virginia Tech is now a New Orleans Pelican. Um... Oh, thank God we traded that pick away. Thank God. Um, the Celtics took Grant Williams out of Tennessee. Um, the Suns got Ty Jerome from UVA. The Blaze Trailblazers got Nasir Little from UNC. Dylan Windler from Belmont, the sharpshooter, for the is now on the Cleveland Cavaliers. Jordan Poole from Michigan is now on the Warriors, which... Good God. Um, Virginia native Keldon Johnson is going to Kentucky. I mean, uh, he went to Kentucky, excuse me, and now he's in San Antonio Spur. So congrats to him for that selection. Um, 
round two, let's see. Um, the Celtics took Purdue's point guard Carson Edward, Edwards. Bruno Fernando out of Maryland is now an Atlanta Hawk. Cody Martin from Nevada is now a Charlotte Hornet. Uh, Eric Pascal of Villanova is now a Golden State Warrior. Admiral Schofield of Tennessee is now a Washington Wizard. Bull Bull is now a Denver Nugget, which I was hoping he would become a Celtic and we could turn him into a big man that can really play the game, but you know what? Whatever. Um, Brezdikis from Michigan is going to the Knicks. Terrence Mann of Florida State is going to the Clippers. Jarrell Brantley of College of Charleston is going to the Utah Jazz. Tremont Waters of LSU is going to the Celtics. Justin Wright Foreman is of Hofstra is joining his CAA um, brethren with the new Utah Jazz. Uh, Marielle Shayok used to be with UVA, went to Iowa State. He's now a, 70, a 76er. Kyle Guy of UVA is now a Sacramento King. Um, and those are the highlights from the draft. Um, certainly was not the draft I was looking for as a um, Celtics fan, but you know. Screw them, whatever. Guess my opinion just doesn't matter anymore. I mean, whatever. I I don't know, man. Um. Um, but anyway, um, wow, I don't have any really other, I mean, I have two other things left on here, but I don't know if I'm going to be able to talk about them for another eight minutes. Um, sources are saying the, the Rays, the Tampa Bay Rays are exploring playing in Montreal and how this would work is they would play early season home games in Tampa and then they'd play the rest of the season in Montreal. And Lord, I'd, I don't know why you would. The only reason I would understand why you're doing this is because you can't. You, the attendance is so low in Tampa that they're not generating any revenue at all. Um, this sucks for Tampa, for the team. I mean, this has got to suck for the team, dude. The thought of having to play in two cities, home games in two cities, one in Canada and one in Florida, I mean, that's just ridiculous to me. Um, I, I'm sure the only reason they're doing this is so that they can generate more revenue so they can <laughs> um, get better players. I'm sure. Um Man, is it disappointing that a major league baseball franchise is so fed up with the um, lack of revenue and lack of attendance that they have they want to split games or split the season up. Forty one home games against at in Tampa, forty one in Montreal. At least I would assume that's what they're planning. But mm -mm, I just don't know if it's gonna work. 
this move just doesn't seem right, you know? Like, I don't know if you can actually make this a good move. I mean, we'll see. Um, but, you know... <clears throat> and the Tampa Bay Rays are actually a good team right now. That's the even weirder part about all of this. I mean... Um... I mean, the Rays are 43-32. and 32. Yeah, they're four and a half back on the Yankees, but come on, man. It's, in, it's insane. Um, I really don't get... I mean, the Rays are having success right now, so... I mean, what? I guess it is what it is, but... You know, whatever. Um, while we're here... <laughs> Let's take a look at the standings and see how the playoffs would be right now. All right. So the American League, the one seed right now would be the Minnesota Twins. Oh, my God. The Astros. The Yankees would be the two seed in the. Oh, man, it would be the Yankees hosting the Astros. And the Twins would play the winner of the wild card game between the Tampa Bay Rays and the Red Sox. Holy crap. Well, that's interesting. <laughs> National League. The Dodgers are the one seed. Um, the Braves would be the host of the Cubs in the NLDS, and the Dodgers would wait to see who they play. In the, they would play the winner of the wild card game, which right now is the Rockies and the Brewers. Hmm. Hmm. So right now we're two games up. Uh, we're two games up on the wild card spot, but we need to hold the division. That's what we need. You know, wild card's pretty crowded, aside from the Giants and the Marlins. Almost called them the Dolphins. Uh, there are four crappy teams in the American League. The Marlins are the only. Superly dumb team. Man. Cubs are great at home, suck on the road, but then they're at literally 500 against teams better than 500. Oh man. What is that? Okay. Um, anyway, we'll move on to my last sports news of the day. Um, the NFL has final, finalized their pass interference replay challenge rule for 2019. All right, so here it is. We're going to lay it down for you. Coaches can challenge the a no call or a pass interference call up until the two-minute warning of either half. After that, the on-site replay officials are responsible for keeping up with it and reviewing it and whatnot. Um... So in so in the two minutes of either of both halves and in overtime, the replay the on-site replay official has the responsibility to go and check the calls. <clears throat> now I'm sure the Saints are thinking, why couldn't you have done this last year? So, um, but. 
I think this is an interesting move. We're going to see how many pass interference calls are going to be made or challenged. And that's the thing. You only get two challenges in a game, right? If I'm not mistaken, I think that's what it is. Um, but, man, if you lose the challenge because you challenged a PI call or no call, oh, man, I can mm. – That's ins- that's crazy. We're talking crazy stuff now, boys. Um, dang, man. Uh, I mean, what? Wow. I mean, I I don't know how this rule. I don't know how this challenge is gonna work. I don't know how coaches are going to adjust to it. Um. I guess we're just going to have to see as we move forward. I mean, that's crazy. Um, But like I said, I'm sure the Saints would have loved to have this rule in place in the NFC Championship. Oh, man. And this is only for this year, mind you. They They will, the people who decide about this will meet again next year to see if this needs to be gotten rid of, tweaked, or put in full-time for the rest of the NFL's days. So, we'll see how it goes this season. I really don't know what kind of impact it's going to have, but I'm sure it'll have some impact because coaches are going to have to adjust their thinking of how they use challenges and crap now. So, we'll see. Um, preseason's coming up. Um, but anyway, thank you for listening today. Hope you have a good day. We'll be back tomorrow with new content.